Welcome to the Happy to Be Me podcast. I'm your host, Barbara Stacy. Come on a journey with me to find out what it means to be happy to be you. Hello and welcome to the Happy to Be Me podcast, episode number three. Today, I'd like to talk a little bit about how your thoughts can create so much in your life. It's not a new concept that watching your thoughts makes a difference. It's not a new concept that your thoughts can create your reality. For example, Confucius, who lived before the time of Christ, 600 years BC, said, the ancients who wished to bring order to their states would first regulate their families, and those who wished to regulate their families would first cultivate their own personal lives, and those who wished to cultivate their own personal lives would rectify their minds and make their intention sincere, and those who wished to rectify their minds would extend their knowledge. Only when the personal life is cultivated, the family will be regulated. And when the family is regulated, the state will be in order. And when the state is in order, there will be peace throughout the world. And notice how he starts with wishing to bring order to states and ending with peace throughout the world. It might be a leap to believe that one person's peace can create peace throughout the world. But then again, it might not be a leap. When he says you'd like to cultivate your own personal life and rectify your minds, I think what he's saying is if you watch your thoughts, then you make your intention sincere. And if you control your thinking, then you extend your knowledge. And it starts with extending your knowledge of yourself. So many of us have thoughts, and we have so many thoughts during the day that we just don't pay attention to. And that's fine. You have a lot of thoughts during the day, and you probably don't want to pay attention to all of them. But there are some that can be detrimental to how you're behaving. Let me give you an example. I had a review at work. And my boss asked me how I was feeling about my job. And I told him that my job is fine, but what I would really like is to be paid more for the work that I am doing because I believe that I add more value than I'm getting paid for at work. He said in response, can you say that you work 40 hours a week and can you tell me what kind of things that you do for the association that would merit a pay raise? Immediately, my mind went to the fact that I probably don't work 40 hours a week every single week. Some weeks I work more, some weeks I work less. I do the work that's before me, and then I don't find busy work to do to fill the time of 40 hours. But my worth in the world seems to be tied to the amount of time that I'm putting in. 
and I immediately started to think, I must not be very valuable. I must not be doing what they want me to do because I'm not working a solid 30 hours every single week. Those thoughts were not beneficial to me. And they're not beneficial to the company. Because then I start to doubt my worth, doubt my value to the organization, and doubt all kinds of other places where I normally feel like I do add value. Those thoughts are not thoughts that are beneficial to me. They don't benefit me. They don't serve me. They don't lift me. They don't help me. They create feelings of inadequacy, of worthlessness, of shame, of guilt. Those kinds of feelings come up when I think thoughts like, I'm not worth what they pay me. I don't work 40 hours a week. Those are the kinds of feelings that come up. And when I am acting on those feelings, those feelings of shame or guilt or worthlessness, I'm not creating the very best results that I want from my life. If I go into my job and let's say I'm designing something for the company, I'm designing a magazine ad because that's part of my job. If I go into that feeling worthless, or if I go into that feeling ashamed, or if I go into it feeling even angry that they might question my worth, I'm not going to have the free flow of ideas that would normally come from someone who is at peace, someone who feels their worth, someone who has an idea that they are contributing. So if I go into creating this magazine advertisement and I'm feeling shame or guilt, it's going to block the creativity that would normally be there. And it's not going to benefit me and it's not going to benefit my business and the place where I work. And then, you know what's going to happen? I'm going to find evidence that I'm not creating value. And the more evidence I find that I'm not creating value for my organization, the less value I will create. You see how that works? So I start feeling shame, I act on shame, and I create less value. I start feeling guilt, I act on that guilt, and I create less value. I start feeling worthless, and I create less value. And it just becomes this cycle of, it's a vicious cycle. Instead, I could start thinking, the reason that he asked me those questions is not because he's questioning my worth. I can look at it as my boss is in my corner. He wants me to be paid what I'm worth. So how is he going to figure that out? He's fairly new. He can look at what I do, but what he wanted from me is an invitation for me to tell him what I'm worth. I did tell him what I'm worth. I told him sometimes I work 40 hours a week, sometimes I work 30, sometimes I work 60. It depends on the time of year, and it depends on what's going on in the organization. 
I told him the kinds of things that I do that create value for the association, that I can prove monetarily, or that I can prove in the marketplace that this is what the marketplace will pay for the things that I create. For example, the magazine ad is at least $5,000. I'm not spending $5,000 of my time creating the ad, but I am giving $5,000 worth of benefit to the association that they don't have to go outside and find an ad agency to create that advertisement. So I was able to tell him those kinds of things, and I was able to let him know what I think my worth is to the association. And what I believe he's going to do with that information is take it to the board of directors and ask them to give me the raise that I've requested. But that little nagging voice in the back of my head says, he doesn't think you're worth it because he asked if you were working 40 hours. I'm going to go off on a little bit of a tangent here. I don't believe time is what we should pay for in the working world these days. I believe value is a much better indicator. If you can create something valuable in 30 hours a week or 20 hours a week that saves a company money, that brings in new business, that whatever it is that you're creating that is valuable, it doesn't matter how much time it took you. What matters is what the market will pay for that. So I believe that pay for time worked is outdated and needs to be changed. There's my little soapbox about value for time or money for time. I think that we should pay for value given instead of, then you'd have a whole bunch of different ideas, but that's just my opinion. Back to the 40 hours a week thing. If I keep believing that I'm not adding 40 hours worth of value to the association, it's going to be detrimental to me. If I believe that I am adding the value to the association, that frees me up to do more things, to think more creatively, to consider how I might even be able to add more value to my workplace. You see how that works? When I start thinking that, yes, what I'm doing is valuable, then I start looking for evidence that what I'm doing is valuable. I start opening up my mind and my heart to the possibilities of creating more value. If I close myself off from that by believing I'm not adding value, it changes everything. And that's what your thoughts can do. Now, this is just one situation. It happens to be a work situation, but it works everywhere. It works in health. If you're trying to lose weight, if you think I can never lose weight, you're going to find evidence for that belief. If you think, you know, I'm learning how to feed my body, 
then you find evidence for that belief. Whatever you start to think about, you find evidence for. If you say, I'm not a good mom, if you say, I'm not a good employee, if you say, I'm not a good dad, if you say, I'm not a good runner, if you say, I'm not a good whatever, I'm not a good human, you will find evidence. Your brain loves to find evidence for your beliefs. Start thinking a little bit differently about yourself, about your circumstances, and about your situations. During World War II, a man named Viktor Frankl was put into a concentration camp. He wrote a book about it called Man's Search for Meaning. What he realized in the camps was that they could take everything from him. They could take his name, his clothing, his identity, his dignity, but they could not take from him the one freedom that every human being has, and that is his choice to respond to the situation. He, we get to choose how we respond to any given situation. We can look at it and say, this is the worst thing that has ever happened, or we can look at it and say, this is a learning opportunity. There are so many ways to look at different situations. Now, I'm not advocating that you always think happy thoughts, because I don't think that's what real life is all about. If you look at your thoughts and you say, is this thought benefiting me in some way? Is it serving me? Is it helping me to get to where I want to be? Then keep that thought. There are times when you want to be angry, times when you want to be sad, times when you want to be happy, times when you want to just feel grief. Those are all reasonable and rational. There are also times when you want to look at how you're seeing the situation and say, you know, I could probably think of this a little bit differently and it would change things for me and for the people around me. So again, I'm going to say that if you want to bring order to your life, start watching your thoughts a little bit. Get curious. Don't beat yourself up for having thoughts because we all have thoughts and they're all very human. But consider, like when I said to myself, oh no, I'm not a good employee because I'm not working 40 hours a week. The first thing that I could do is be curious about that. Huh, I wonder why I think that. That's an interesting place for my mind to go. And then I can consider whether I want to keep that thought or not. I don't even have to defend myself against my own thoughts. I can just say, you know, I don't believe that 40 hours a week equals value. And then just leave it at that. Just let that thought be there. Oh yeah, I see you there, but not entertain it. Not invite it in. Just let it be there. Oh, okay. Yes, I hear you. I hear you, brain. I hear you making these assumptions again. So in conclusion, if you get curious about your thoughts, things can change dramatically for you. 
you can look at them and say, oh, I didn't realize I was thinking that. Maybe I can change that. Or, oh, I didn't realize I was thinking that. That's what I want to think in this situation. Just notice. Not every single thought, but pick a few and figure out how they are making your reality and how you're getting results from those thoughts. What kind of results are you getting from your thoughts? And how do you want to change your results? If you want to change your results, you need to start with the thought. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next time. Well, there you have it. If something piqued your interest, feel free to join me at happytobemecoaching.com. That's happy, the number two, the letter B, M-E, coaching.com. I'll see you next time.